Welcome to Sports Girls Podcast, brought to you by sportstalk.ie. Check out gemevents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. We got all your party needs covered at gemevents.ie. Healthandfitnessireland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out healthandfitnessireland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out thelols.ie, the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great set lists, lively and sure crowd pleasers, the lols. Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm Denise O'Flaherty and joining me this evening is our resident expert, former Mio captain, all-star winner and inter-county manager Diana Hora. And we are also delighted to welcome onto the show the new Longford ladies manager, Enda Sheridan. So guys, it's basically a case of Longford manager of Christmas past, and the Longford Manager of Christmas Present we have on the show. So it's just brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Denise, for uh, having me on. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. And we'll, we'll, we'll take pleasure in grilling and uh, after Diane. And I suppose uh, you've been there, done that as as a manager as well, so we can get your, your views on things. We'll just start, we just have a quick look back on the All-Stars um, course as per every year lots of talking points but I'll go through the team that was selected in goals we have Kira Tran from Dublin Trassa Doherty from Donegal number two Roisin Phelan from Cork at full back and then at number four Sinead Burke from Galway the half back line is five Sinead Goldrick from Dublin six Siobhan McGrath from Dublin and seven Emma Spillane from Cork number eight is Niamh Woods from Tyrone and Lauren McGee number nine from Dublin in, on the half forward line, we have 10 Kira Sullivan come from Cork, Noel Healy from Dublin at centre half forward, and then at 12, we have Lindsay Davy from Dublin. So the full forward line is Sinead Ahern, number 13, and well done, Sinead. She won the Players' Player of the Year. We predicted that the senior one. 14, Duran O'Sullivan from Cork, and then at 15, Sarah Houlihan from Kerry. Um, a few noticeable uh, players that, you know, aren't in there, Diane. But um, as I said, as per every year, a few talking points. Yeah, like there always is. And I mean, we spoke about it. Um, <clears throat> we spoke about it even, you know, when the nominations were made. Um, I, I suppose no matter what happens, not everyone's going to be happy. I suppose you'd always wonder how, you know, and even Nadine, that's quite often on this podcast, you know, she was even saying the same thing last week. Martha Byrne, Neve Collins, Zia Caffrey, you know, that they you know, they're just not getting that recognition mm. as well to an extent. And I suppose especially Neve Collins with the year that she had, um, you know, I mean I suppose from a male point of view, I would love to see like, you know, the Kellys and, mm. you know, other players being being nominated that, that just aren't getting the nominations. So, you know, maybe it could open things up for like a WGPA All Stars. So I'm not quite sure of the processes involved and it's really it's not that it's cloak and dagger but it would be nice to know like how the selections are made and who's involved in them. Um, you know, because then then at least, you know, maybe more defenders, you know, could get the recognition that they would deserve so often in times and uh, they don't seem to get it. Um, so that would be something that's really good. And I see that the, the GPA themselves have like, a, you know, a players nominated all-star list. You know, that could be something as well that, that maybe the WGPA could do um, where players can actually vote you know, nationwide, like each player gets their vote in, in what the nominations would be and there'd be, you know, the short list of players that the Ladies Association will give on the night and then you'd have other players then being nominated and being given awards by their peers. I think it would be great. 
that's actually a very good idea. And speaking of the LGFA, they've launched a strategic roadmap and a key area of it is to define a model to promote female leadership across the association. Um, they have a list of people that's going to be involved in it and the group was put in place and they recommended the need for a female leadership programme. So there's going to be five places available in each of the following groups. We have coaching, officiating, admin and then PR media and it's going to take place over a 12 month period. Um, some interesting things there, Diana. What do you think of it? Yeah, like we spoke about the other one that they had where you could, you know, maybe um, sidestep your way into coaching, you know, like an accelerated program and coaching that they had there not so long ago. And I saw actually, you know, some ex-players were on that. But I think part of the criteria, and I, I know myself, like you have to actually be with the team to be in a position where you could apply. So let's just say for myself or maybe 10 other people out there, they they didn't fulfill that criteria if they just weren't coaching the team or currently with the team. So which is such a pity because it would have been, you know, it would be great to apply for something and, and get on something like that. And the leadership program you're talking about, that sounds really fantastic. It really sounds great. And it's kind of like, um, you know, bringing in people potentially who might have played and it gives them options to stay involved in football um, at, in an area whichever one of the five that you mentioned um, actually suits them best. Um, I've actually sent an email to just get more information on it because it is a really interesting program. So it's going to be great to hear how that pans out. And I think it's a great idea and fair play to them for uh, for doing it. I think, and uh, um, I don't know because you've been involved in both sides. I think the LGFA with some of their ideas, are, can, they can be far ahead of the GEA. Um, yeah, definitely. I agree with everything Diane was saying there. Um, I suppose, first of all, like, I actually, obviously being involved with both men's and women, I actually think the ladies' game is a truer game. It's a more enjoyable game to, first of all, watch and um, definitely coaching. Um, I suppose the men's game now has gone so tactical and players behind the ball, that, that type of stuff. I think the women's game is, 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 is a far more enjoyable game to watch, but definitely away from off the pitch with the 2020 initiative. And obviously, I think Little have been a massive uh, Massive addition to the game. I definitely think it's going in the right direction. Um, I suppose even last year, watching so many games in played in Crow Park and McHale Park for me, oh, the uh, the double headers with the men with the men's team. I definitely think it's it's a hundred percent heading in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully now next year you could have a few double headers in Glen Brothers Pierce Park with the Longford um, men. You actually this year you were juggling. Um, you ha- were training a-, a men's team as well as training a ladies team. How did you find that? Um, yeah, look, I thought actually this year was uh, my first year. I've, I've only done two teams. For the last two years, I've actually been doing three teams. Um, I suppose it helps not having much of a social life to a certain extent. But uh, I would have, I would have retired through injury there maybe five years ago. So once I got into coaching. It was very much a case where I was try, trying to uh, strike while the iron was hot, um, I suppose. Um, I suppose my, uh, my my most successful year, probably from a coaching point of view, was back in 2016, when I would have been with St. Loma's ladies up here in Monagar, uh, the Westmead Miners, and then casting off name in my home club. And thank God everyone went to plan that year, but it just it just worked out. But this year now will be my first year actually only doing one team. And look, I suppose I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, in a certain way, but it'll be strange from going from doing two and three teams for the last two years. Diane, now, would you be able to do that at your job? Probably not, but be able to manage a few teams at the same time? Yeah, like, um, I suppose 
And then, in one respect, you've probably made the right call by just committing to, to one team this year, and especially when it's county. Um, you know, and I suppose Longford are in a, in a position where they need to rebuild. So there's a lot of work that, you know, that you're probably going to have to do behind the scenes. And it, it will be a seven-day-a-week job, I'd say. Um, but in terms of, like, you know, you're saying they're, like, having trained men's and women's teams. You know, can you can you come up with maybe a couple of, I suppose, big differences between them? Um, you know, apart from just the, the skill set, but actually I suppose the cultures involved are dealing with, you know, female athletes uh, and, and men's and their understanding of the game and tactical awareness. Do you find any significant differences in there and how they pick things up either are different, you know, men's or women's teams? Or is there anything that makes one more challenging than the other? Um, I suppose the one, for me over the last five years, the one massive thing that stands out for me is the fitness. I find, um, for example, if a girl is, is injured for maybe four weeks, I find she'd lose her fitness a lot quicker than a, than, than a, a lad would. But then the flip side of that is I find it gained the fitness back an awful lot quicker. Um, I suppose from a mentality point of view, I've been very lucky with any of the girls teams I've been involved with. There's been a great buy-in. Um, I find the girls are they're very, very honest. Whereas lads, whether it's the physio table or whatever else, or nights away, etc., and stags. Um, I, I just find girls so far with the teams I've been, I've been with, they've been very, they've been very professional, and the buy-in seems to be a little bit greater. And yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the togetherness and the dress room, whatever the case may be. I just I, I find the girls once they're committed, they're 100 percent committed to the cause. I suppose just going back to what you said, definitely with Longford, there's um, there's a lot of rebuilding to be done there. But we uh, obviously I, I was down with Kilo and Longford the last two years. The talent down there is definitely there. So it's just a matter of getting 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 the same as any team as you well know, Dan, is getting them to buy into it from the very start. And once that happens, um, look at the world is their oyster as such. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to the year ahead uh, with, with Longford. I'm looking forward to it too. Diane, actually, you're a, you were a rare breed when you were manager of Longford and then Mead and then coach with Down. Because when you were manager of Longford, it was a new thing having a female manager. Because even in ladies football, it was all men. Um, maybe so, yeah. Just... I suppose nowadays there's a lot more female coaches and, and managers, um, you know, in the last seven or eight years. Um, but I think, you know, going into Longford, I was very, very lucky. Um, like, I got great support from the board that were there. Um, there was, God, there was amazing talent. I genuinely think that without maybe, you know, for, from my own point of view, I made mistakes on the line in an All-Ireland quarterfinal that if I hadn't made those, they'd have gone the whole way to an All-Ireland final probably won it intermediate um, when I was there and I suppose there are things that I obviously have to learn from myself Listen Diane as well and all for, sorry for interrupting you I think also um, a Lions person made their name in that game so you know you don't necessarily have to blame yourself for that defeat Yeah well I, I suppose you know it's how you react to those decisions that are made and I think my reaction on the line affected players and substitutions I made were wrong and you know, you can look back, but the one thing that I was blessed with in Longford was there was um, Steve Coy was working um, with me. He was a selector and training coach, and I suppose managing as well at the same time. And Ryan Corrigan from Drumlish. And during that time, and Bilal, obviously more that you know very well as well. Um, during that time, I think what we had was a team that had a huge desire to achieve, and 
with what Steve was working with, with the under-16s and minors, it just meant that there was, uh, you know, really good quality players coming through. Now, we'd hoped that obviously the, the baton would have been passed down. But I think the I think the best part about it was, well, the best and maybe worst, I'm not sure, but I stayed for two years. And, you know, there's pros and cons with that. You know, I could be with the club here in Dublin and we're just not the right fit for each other. You know, I could be on a completely different page to them. And then you realize you're, you're not the right fit for a club and then you walk away. And then when you're with a team like Longford that have all of the aspirations, the attitude, the desires for success, the privilege that I had of staying a second year really meant that we could really push on. And we only lost to our ma, you know, yeah. a, a team that went on to, and they're still doing very, very well in, in senior, the same as with Tipperary, but they lost to Cavan and we'd already beaten Cavan in championship that year. So there was massive quality um, that I was, I suppose, privileged to have worked with in Longford. But if Enda has any of the luck that I had with the attitude, um, with the desire, with the will to work and, you know, the desire to improve as players, he'd be a very lucky man managing them. Uh, part of Enda's team this year um, is um, Carol Manning. Carol is with the Longford Miners. So I think it's something similar to what you've done, Diane, that Enda will have Carol and she'll be the link between. Because there's a lot of Miners, Enda, as you know, that um, have played football for the county and are very good players. So to have Carol there, is that something you wanted to have? Exactly. Look, I suppose the one massive plus in ladies football compared to men is once you're out of under 16 grade, you can play adult football. And look, in Longford, there's some serious talent there around 17, 18 years of age. Uh, so for me, the massive, obviously last year, Longford, uh, getting girls in and that was a massive issue. So the first thing I'd done was was get Carol on board and just get that link between the minor setup and the senior setup. And look, I suppose, um, yeah, look at Diane going back to your time in Longford. I think I think that was the last time they really gave the intermediate proper rattles. I, I do notice to speak very highly of you down there. Um, there's been a great thing. Well, it's it's great in a way that I don't know if we we we've six people panel at the minute, and the average age of the panel is just under twenty one years of age. So there's a lot of lot of young girls there. So my whole thing is like it's under a structure. Long when I can see it's fantastic. There's some really uh, good coaches involved. If we can just implement um, the right stuff and get the right panel uh, and structure in place at senior level, if we can keep that conveyor belt of girls coming through, the future long long for football is very bright. And look, I suppose again for me down there the last two years, the um, the club scene uh, is, is unbelievably strong. Um, for some reason, for the last few years, just the, the best, the best girls I saw haven't been going in. So my whole thing is, if, if we can get them in and and implement the the hunger and passion that's in the club scene, in the club championship down there, I've no doubt long long put to be very competitive intermediate level this year and hopefully for years to come. Diane, you were able to have the best players. You were able to to choose them. So. You know, I'm hoping that End has that. Now, End was telling me that he's got a re- reaction so far. So long may it continue. But if you want to have a good inter-county team, you ha- the best players have to be able to play football. Yeah, and like, you know, I suppose when you're talking about passion and desire, um, I only just spoke to someone there from Clonagale in, in Dublin, Rings End, um, Declan Darcy and Pat Kane, and we're just having a chat about football. And the most important thing that they care about is that players go away enjoying football you know enjoying the training session feeling that they've achieved something and when they're turning up to training on a night that they're actually coming looking forward to it even if it's going to be tough you know because they're they're looking forward to like hanging out with the rest of the girls spending an hour you know 
chatting to them afterwards or whatever the case might be. And I suppose that's the bottom line. You'll see, you know, people talk about the Dublin men's teams and I saw Michael Darren McCauley do an interview yesterday and he, he spoke about how much time they spend with each other. Like they live in each other's pockets seven days a week almost, you know, and that kind of shows, I think, a lot of the time within teams, you know, when they do so much stuff at training, but when they also do a lot of stuff outside of training together, I think it really, really shows within the group and it shows that their performance is on the pitch, but they have to be enjoying it. So you kind of have to create an environment and a, I suppose, an area where, they, where they're all enjoying being part of. And that's probably, you can't, you know, that's by spending time together. And I think that's where I was lucky in Longford because it was fully inclusive. It didn't matter who anyone was or from what club, you know, there was no, you know, there was no um, ambiguity at all. It just, it really just, when people came to county, there were county players and they were so proud of it, like, so it just went well at the time, you know, because of, I, I put it down to that and they built their own culture around it. Um, but yeah, but from your side, you know, Enda, when you're looking at it, I mean, when you get awarded that position, and I suppose something that Denise was saying earlier is, like, what happens, what's the first thing you do? I mean, do you meet with the clubs? Um, because I was lucky to have all of, you know, I suppose there's probably only four or five players that didn't come in the time when I was there, and they had their reasons for that. And, um, you know, some were going travelling or working or whatever. But for you to get the buy-in from the clubs, like, what, you know, how do you do it? How do you convince them to say, to say to that girl, you know what, you should go up and give County a, you should give it a go, like? Yeah, well, look, that was the first massive uh, stumbling block. As soon as I got the job, that was uh, the major red flag. I think at the at the first trial last year, I think they did less than 10 at it. So straight away, I was like, right, I'm going to have to make, uh, I'm going to have to reach out to the clubs. So what I'd done was I actually contacted each of the clubs, the, either the chairperson or last year's manager, and I actually called out to each individual club and met with them. Um, look, I suppose the beauty of Longford is such a small county. There's only 12 uh, senior teams, so I got I got it done in two weekends. But look at again the response from the clubs and the response from the girls themselves was excellent. Um, again, I, I made reference to the age profile. The age profile in the county is fantastic. There's girls, there's hungry. Uh, I know there's success last year uh, with Carl at minor level, a very good team. Um, I suppose once I, for me, any team or even if it's, if it's work or any any part of life. The initial buy-in is so important, and for me, you can't you can't undo a first impression. So, um, you know, when I called out to them first, I I I, I had my plan in place for the year. And look, I suppose, um, obviously, Dan, I know I know you know Peter Lee and Denise, you do as well. Peter Lee, he's a prime example. In 2011, Westmead won the Intermediate All Ireland from Division Four, but he took them over into in 2010 and didn't win one single competitive game. So, what I'm going to be trying to tell the girls is the jump from a relegation playoff in 2018 to please God make it park in September 2019. It's not that great. And if we can just get the girls to buy in, and, and, and you're, you're spot on in what, what, what you're saying, Diane, that, um, that, that togetherness, and I suppose even looking at Guido up in Donegal over the last few days on social media, they're, they're like a family. And kind of my biggest um, biggest opposition up here in Westmead when I was at Lomans was Milltown Ladies. And the reason for that is there was 30 sisters on that Milltown, Mill, Milltown team. And they obviously went on to win the Intermediate Ireland in 2016. And one major talking point with me was how close they were. And I think whether it's men, women, whatever the case would be, if you don't have that, you're fighting an uphill battle straight away. 
And I'm, you know, it's funny you went to um, Canuckwira and I'm in Granard and I'm kind of now seeing you now as uh, the next Mr. Flynn. Mick Flynn was a great man with, with Lady's yeah. team. Was it something that you kind of, even when you were younger, you were saying, you know, I'd love to kind of, you always had that kind of involvement. We involved at minor clubs, right, like that in, in um, Fene? Um, no, not in the slightest. I suppose I was the same as every other uh, young lad. I sure look at I'd be playing until I'm 40 and, you know, I, I had that mindset, but it was just, I, I ended up having to get a triple spinal fusion done at 24, which was very, very rare. And I suppose for maybe two years, uh, actually the year I got it done, my home club, Fene, went on to uh, win the Intermediate Championship for the first time ever. And 2012. Yeah, my, my, my brother was captain, my father was chairperson, my other brother was a selector. It was very much a family affair, so... It was bittersweet in a way, but yeah, look, I suppose I got inv- involved with the club minor team. Um, yeah, I w- would have been 24 at the time, and look, from there, kind of kicked on. It's very much been a case. I've been very lucky wherever I went. Um, it was the right case, the right, uh, sorry, right place, the right time type scenario with every every team I went. And look, I suppose uh, getting involved with Westmead Miners in 2016 was a brilliant stepping stone regarding inter county. I suppose it's everyone's dream, whether it's a player or a manager, to get involved with an inter county setup. And in 2016, we had a great one, uh, run to uh, to an answer final where Dublin bet us um, after extra time. But it was, it was a brilliant, uh, brilliant exposure and adventure, I suppose. But uh, yeah, look, I suppose we're, we're other people my age have been playing. Um, Call of Duty in these games on Playstations or whatever, I would have actually been playing Championship Manager the whole time, so I suppose in a, in a roundabout way, I probably maybe always had notions, but yeah, I suppose that this, uh, I, I obviously, like I said, I, I would have planned to be playing football into, into my mid-30s, but look, as my, as my granny used to always say, what's for you won't pass you, so I suppose in a roundabout way, getting injured, and that might have been a blessing in disguise, because... I would expect all edition of a footballer myself. <laughs> it could be, it could be a good thing. You mentioned Peter Leahy, and Peter is a good friend of yours. Is he someone that you go to to chat football about, or, or get advice from? Oh, the whole thing. Look, Peter's a great guy, and look, I know he's a tougher down on me over there this year, but he came out of it. Uh, he came out with the right side. Thank God. Look, exactly. Look what Peter's done in in, in GA from both a ladies and a men's point of view. He's uh, he, it, it, it's been excellent. Look, he is. He, he's a great guy. Whether it's six o'clock in the morning or or one one o'clock at night, if you give Peter a ring, he he he'll help you out no matter what what way he can. Um, look, I suppose in a way, <coughs> Longford's a kind of mirror image of Mayo this year. Look, they they were building the young girls coming in. They're after losing a few of the older girls. Um, but look, there's so many so many tips and that I, I got from Peter uh, over the last few years, and he he is definitely someone I'd look up to. You know. Yeah, because as Diane said, you know, when she went in there about the players that she had and we mentioned it about you having Carol and Stephen Coy, because there is talent. Like a couple of years ago, they won an All-Ireland title under 16s. So it's quite young, but you have something there that you can build on. Oh, without a doubt. Look, I suppose I was up in Westmead there for three years and Westmead is a Division 1 team. Um, the talent in Longford, it's, it's as good, it's not better. Um, again, just for me, for looking from the outside, being an outsider, just like Diane actually mentioned a while ago, that hunger to play for your county and represent your county, it just, for one reason or another, it just hasn't been there for the last year or two. It probably since Diane's time, it just hasn't really been there. So for me, look, it's a brilliant position to be coming into. Um, we, we can only go up, and but, the, but so far the hunger has has been fantastic from from the players that's come in. Uh, we've we've our second try again tomorrow night, and again the numbers is excellent. But uh, look for me, uh, 
it's very important again with Longford being a small county that I leave no stone unturned with getting girls out and there's even a, there's a girl from Dublin there now that's committing she's she's of, of Longford descent as such and it's just so important that everyone no matter who it is uh, will buy into the setup and and if we could do that I honestly do believe the future could be right for Longford. Diane, he mentioned outsider and um you know, you you were an outsider coming in, but you were definitely an honorary Longford person leaving Longford and I'm afraid, you know, that could end up happening in Westmead man now and end up because if things go well, you know, we might actually like him and call him an honorary Longfordian. Well, I don't know, you'd be lucky if you see him, Denise, because he, he said he has no social life, but rumour has it he's an avid golfer, so I'd imagine if he's not in Longford, he'd be somewhere now trying well, he, to... Well, if, golf he's, if he's an avid golfer and he's out in Fenea, no doubt it'll be my uncle Michael that's out with him, so I better tell Michael. <laughs> he's got important yeah. things to be doing next year. He's When you're talking into there, like, about, you know, the fact that Karen Manning's there and, like, what a great experience um, player, you know, and having a, a very formidable keeper's coach as well on, on side. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that's, that's a great move. But then when you're looking at yourself in terms of, you know, are you thinking to yourself, you know, is it, is it a year by, is it year by year or how are you looking at it? Because at this stage, are you in a position where you can kind of invest a little bit of time on some of, I suppose, the aspects of the game that you feel you'd love to have an input at the under 16s or, you know, in the minor level? And um, I know that obviously working very closely with Carl, you'll have a good, you'll, you will have a good working relationship and an input there. But there's certain things that you need to be done with players by the time they come to you that you don't have to start back at the beginning. And then the other side of this question, long-winded as it is, sorry, um, is that, you know, like say, for example, you put in all this work for one year and you decide, okay, we didn't get success. What happens then? Like then if, if, if it's not just Longford we're talking about, but we talk about clubs or counties all over the country, that's the year someone's put into them. It didn't work out. They've moved on to a better job or whatever the case might be um, in their opinion. And then the team or the county are left to start all from the beginning again you know, with the new coach or manager, like, you know, what are your views on that? Um, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a very, very good point. No, I suppose for me, this is the first team I've actually taken over where I'm actually, it's it's a three-year plan for me. Look, God forgive him, come come next September, October, the county board will be happy and the players will be happy and we'll stay on. But I honestly, like again, with the age profile that's there, and even uh, you're talking about the underage teams, I actually went down to watch the under-14s. Uh, they had a trial game there maybe four weeks ago, just when I got the job first. And like the talent, there was 75 girls in Keena that, that it was a horrible Tuesday night. And the talent that was on show was unbelievable. So again, from looking in the last two years, from under-14 to minor level, the talent is there, the hunger is there, the coaching structure is there. For me, it's just at the at the minute it's not there. It's on the senior setup, and look, as everyone knows, your senior team is your flagship team to a certain extent. So I would be hoping that at the at the end of 2019, look, I'll put it this way: I was asked what would be a good year for me sitting sitting uh, sitting at the end of the year, and I said, obviously not Ireland, the Leinster League, whatever the case may be. But to have it that instead of me going out to meet the clubs and try to get girls in, that at this time next year, girls was trying to contact me to come in, and for me that would be a successful year. But again, the age profile and look, I suppose compared to Westmead, you have a few girls like Fiona Classy and Maud Foley who are kind of, you know, have been playing senior football for the last 10 years. With the exception of maybe like some Shell Farrell, these girls who are still only 23, 24, yeah. the age profile in Longford is, is, is unbelievable. 
And for me, this isn't, it's not, it's not a quick fix thing either. I have to be realistic. But again, like I said, comparing it to West Mead back in 2011, that jump isn't that great. But again, if we can implement the right structure, the habit that these girls come out of under 16 and minor are coming into a, a setup that, first of all, they want to come into, but are coming into a setup that they're going to be providing comp- competition with the girls that are already there. And look, please God, I, look, I suppose that the massive aim is, is to get senior in, in my three years and try to be competitive at senior level. Um, and I like the way you were you were honest with your answer about you know what what your hopes are because I suppose when Diane you took in it was a different thing with Longford, uh, the big thing was getting them promoted and out of Division Four and that's exactly what you done and the talent was there to bring them whereas for End it's a lot different as you said it's rebuilding and that honesty you could have easily said exactly what you said you know about get to an All Ireland you know winning this winning that but it's all about rebuilding the team. And that's exactly where it is. I admire your honesty. And I suppose for a manager, especially with players and even dealing with, with us in the media, honesty has to be a great trait with you. Oh, without a doubt. Look, I don't care if it's an reporting team or a senior team. If, if you're a manager and, and you're bluffing your way through it or you're making false promises, girls or lads or whoever, they'll see through that straight away. So... I, my whole thing, and again, it's why I, I wanted to go out and meet the clubs and meet the girls and even meet the chairman. I wanted to build a rapport with those people straight away. Like, I, I know for a fact in any county, if you contact a, a club manager and say, listen, who from your club is good enough or would like to come into the senior setup, they're not going to go out of their way to send girls in. Because they, if they're going to be managing the club team, there's a lot of managers are going to want to have those girls training. So for me to go out and, and, and make that connection with the players, with the clubs, try to build a rapport with them, it's so, so important. Um, yeah, I've heard, um, I've sometimes heard some stories of, you know, like you're, you're coaching these girls who are in UCD, DCU, you know, in top colleges playing very competitive football, same as Cork, UL, you know, and then these girls go from college back to their club where they might have an unbelievable setup and then they could end up in, you know, their county uh, training and it's just such a letdown. You know, like, that's the best thing. Like, it sounds really positive from your point of view and from, you know, from what I'm hearing because, you know, you're trying to, I think the relationship is so important with everyone involved, you know, and it's not going to be a one-trick wonder where everything's going to work out in the next six months. You know, it's going to be hard work and every step has to be a building step. I totally agree with that. Um, But, you know, you can see, I've seen it myself and I've, I've heard so many players telling me that, you know, that they've had, they get, such high quality training and coaching when they're in college um, that in a sense they're able to now get that best level of coaching with you in Longford before they even go to college you know so it's really going to it's really going to work well for them you know when you raise the standard of these girls at county because you know you're saying the age profile is so is so young that you know these girls are actually whereas if, when I think about it there's only maybe three or four girls from Longford representing and their colleges in football. Yeah, Whereas yeah. now you're going to be in a position where there's so much of the work to an extent is going to be done for you because in a year and a half time, you're going to probably have maybe the best part of 10 or 15 of those in college um, in Dublin, you know, in some of the top quality colleges where they're going to be playing a lot of competitive football over the winter. So it'll really work very well, you know, from what I see. Um, but for now, I think, you know, you will, uh, you'll be in a position where you can actually really build them. Yeah, no, very true. Look, I suppose we're very lucky. The panel being so young, there's a lot of girls around Longford at the minute. 
but look, as you said at, at, at the very beginning of um, of the interview, like it's so important that the girls are enjoying training. Like the last, like say we're going to be training on a Friday night, we do have 11 or 12 girls are in college in Galway, Limerick, Dublin. The last thing they want is to get in the bus home and have this mindset, oh Jesus, I don't want to go to this train and this lad's going to have us doing this or whatever else. I suppose living in Mullingar, the great thing for me is there's so many... Uh, club teams and county teams from around the country training in Mullingar. Like I remember at Common, we were, uh, were in Lomans there for the last two or three years. And like I went down to everyone their sessions, and I don't care if it's a warm up, if it's a scoring drill, a fitness drill, you're always learning. The great thing is, you're always learning this game. And look at Fat and still so young. I suppose green, green around the ears in a way. I'm always learning, I'm always taking notes, I'm always trying to implement it in, into my sessions then. But uh, look, it's so important to make, to make the trainers enjoyable. Whether it's a running drill or whatever, as my whole uh, motto is to always have an end, end goal inside or inside. Same with challenge games. We have challenge games. We have four challenge games lined up for uh, for the month of January, and it's important over the next six weeks. The girls know when we are working hard, we're slogging hard. That 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 challenge game is only around the corner. And they're fighting for places, you know. Guys, yeah. um, I'm just going to say to ask both of you when you look at how far our, the woman the women's game has come on in in Ireland. And you look at managers, you know, years ago, you could never see um, a manager really being, you know, a, a scouted or hunted for a, a men's job. Whereas you look at McBowen this year, with what he's done with Dublin, and his name was one of the names that was connected with Roscommon. Doesn't it say how much the game has evolved that, you know, ladies managers now are being looked upon and, you know, I'm, I'm being given, you know, the, the praise and the plaudits that they deserve. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Look, I I have no doubt whether it's next year, or the year after. Nick Bowen, whenever he decides to leave Dublin, I have no no uh, fear he's going to get a big job. And even if you look at look at like some Maxi and Donegal, he was involved with Donegal men for so many years. It is I, just so many men coming from the men's game to the women's game, and again, it goes back to the. To the LGFA and the 2020 initiative and getting little on board, it's all it's all snowball effects. But again, I know from a coaching point of view, I I think it's a, it's a more exciting game. It's a truer game, even with these new new rules now being in, in, uh, implemented into the men's game. It's it's just it's becoming more and more like nearly NFL, American mm. football, and stoppages and everything else. Or the ladies' game, like if I, I watched the two intermediate uh, All Ireland semi-finals last year, and the Tyrone and Sligo game, like it was unbelievable. It was just end to end; you couldn't take your eyes off it. And I, I think that's genuine. I actually, I went to watch um, the minor final here with me a few weekends ago, and it was the very same. It was unbelievable. Goals either end, exciting. One team ahead by seven points, down by two the next minute. Whereas men, it's very much point for point, tit for tat. You know, I, I, I honestly believe with the way it's going and the exposure it's getting at the minute, which is brilliant, I honestly believe that the ladies' games is a brilliant, brilliant place and it's only going to be getting stronger over the next year or two. Yeah, Diane, it has really changed. You know, you're a few years out of management, but the changes that have happened in the game, and as Enda's saying, like, the difference in it. Yeah, like, you, you know, look at all the managers you've mentioned there and Effie Fitzgerald, and there's so many more you can mention. Um so attractive like for for um you know for managers to come in and male managers as well as female managers and coaches because it is so much more of a better game to watch i think that the the men's ga is taking a serious beating this year i mean their numbers are down attendance numbers profits every single thing was down you know there wasn't many positives coming out of the men's um, ga championship at all this year to be honest and i'm not going to say it's because mayo 
you know, it didn't go the whole way this year. That would be very biased of me to say. But um, in terms of it becoming a spectator sport, like, ladies is completely outshining the men's game uh, in terms of the enjoyment you get from watching it. Like, it's free-flowing. Like, the rules are so much better. I think the men are potentially trialling the simbin as well, actually. And, you know, it, it wouldn't, you know, if it wasn't for probably a stubborn nature of the GA as such, you could imagine that they're going to bring in the clock as well. And again, that's something you mentioned earlier, Denise, in terms of the LGFA being very quick and proactive with bringing in changes um, and them working. You know, that eventually down the line, I'm sure the men's GA will try the clock as well. Um, but I believe like what you're saying and what Enda was saying, it's so much better to watch. It's free flow and it's end to end. You know, the, I, probably the only thing that worries me um, about it is um, the standard of refereeing. And I'm not criticising the standard of refereeing. I'm just criticising the, the vast spectrum in terms of the interpretation of the rules, even when it comes to advantage. And I think Enda's going to find it, it, it's going to be so hard for him this year because he's going to put his heart and soul into, the, into Longford and they're going to go so far and they're going to do so well and there's going to be this one particular game or whatever the case might be where a decision which is completely wrong and human error and the ref made a mistake and, um, you know, it could cost the county a lot. Now, I genuinely hope that doesn't happen for any team. The more you, the more you go to see so, these games and end is watching football, and if you're even looking at the intermediate games last year, I'm sure that you saw one or two uh, critical decisions that a referee uh, may have made that swayed the game for the winning team. Now, it's great to be on the winning side of that, but it, it does worry me. It, it just worries me that, that that standard, and it's not just the ladies' game, it's in the men's game as well. You know, obviously, from a male point of view, we have our own concerns over certain referees we really wouldn't want um, for the men's team. But, like, it, it, it's a serious aspect of it, and I... I'm so you'd be so hurt for the teams that are hard done by because of these decisions. I couldn't agree with you more. I honestly do think it's across the board in the men's game as well. Like I, I've been saying this for the last two or three years. I don't know why anyone would want to be a ref in the first place, but the amount of abuse and everything else. I, I honestly do think with the money that I suppose from the GA point of view, the money that's involved in the GA, I think they need to be making it more uh, lucrative and more of a professional. Um, position basically like I, I do know in, in, in a county I actually know I only heard this recently that 68% of the men's refs didn't pass the fitness test whenever the fitness test was held during the year but yes they didn't have enough refs to replace them that it was basically wiped under the carpet like that's a crazy sadly like you made a good point there I'm sure Longford's not the only county pack training to media level or junior level or senior level and to go and put so much effort in behind the scenes to come and have one bad decision here or there to just either finish your year or not get out of the championship, whatever the case to be, I honestly think it's something that needs to be looked at. And like, and the only thing that I'd say from uh, uh, an emotional point of view is that can break a player's heart to never play yeah. again. You yeah, know, Because exactly. if you invest everything and you emotionally invest as well as financially and make so many sacrifices, and yeah, you're enjoying it, but you're not just playing for fun. You know, you don't, like, to be robbed, I suppose, and to have something stolen from you, can break players' hearts. They might never come around from again. And I suppose, I know it sounds a little bit naive for me to be saying it, but it's happened. I've seen it happen 
dozens of players. But you look at it, guys, when referees, I find that a referee's assessor was a former referee and knows the guys. Now, I remember this year, we had an incident with Longford in Armagh and everyone said about it, about the decisions that went against Longford. And I was talking to an assessor and he was one of his friends and, ah, you know, and that's the problem. And ref- managers and players are answerable to someone. Why aren't referees? Yeah, it's a really good point. It's a very good point. Um, one of the things that I say is like, you know, I've I've seen it myself. I've been at matches. I've sat beside assessors, and you know, I, I might have spoken to one or two of them afterwards, and they may have thought that the referee was absolutely amazing, ninety nine percent out of a hundred didn't make a mistake, and then you know, but things like obviously I'm not an assessor, and I would probably know the rules fairly well. I saw maybe ten or fifteen crucial decisions that went against one or the other team you know so it's just very strange like I don't know how they marked them Um, but again as you say you know I suppose they're referees too an assessor is probably a referee uh, you know assessing another referee colleague so it's it's always going to be uh, it's always going to be very grey a former player like yourself, which I think would be a great idea, getting a former player who's out there and knows the rules, because I think referees should be former players, and a friend of mine always said that, because you have to be a player to know about conditions. You know, that well-timed tackle and crappy conditions is not going to be well-timed. And But isn't it sad to see that, you know, our game is going so exciting. It's going, you know, it's just coming on in leaps and bounds. But the one thing that maybe is holding it back is the consistency of refereeing. Yeah, and the only thing that I just add to that, Denise, is we did speak about this, I think, at the very start of the year. Like, if you look at the Junior All-Ireland and then you look at the Senior All-Ireland, now, these are all senior county players that are senior level of the county, but you you couldn't compare them in terms of physicality. And, you know, what happens if one of those counties who's had a very, I suppose, strict referee in terms of their interpretation yeah. of the rules, no contact and so on, to what you would have seen the ladies are in the final this year, which was hell for leather, like all out physicality from start to finish. You know, like how does the coach... Like from Enda's point of view, I mean, maybe you've got a plan in place as to how do you change the style of your team? You know, how do you train them? That's a very good point. I, again, I just know from Westmead, I know Westmead there for years, uh, especially with, since we've gone Division 1, the refereeing within the county, ladies, ladies football will be regarded as somewhat soft. They're led away with a little bit more. And I do know when the girls then go and play into a county, whether it's Division 1, the league, Leinster Championship, whatever else, they're caught wanting and girls are getting silly cinnamons, whatever else, because the refereeing isn't that, isn't that harsh, structured, whatever way you want to call it, within the county. Um, I suppose, like I, I said earlier on, we're, we're having in-house games at the minute with Lo- in, in, in Longford, and Michelle Hannafy is actually coming in to do the games for me, because I, I, I honestly think the, the way she refs the game, it's the same as the rugby. I suppose Nigel Owens is a prime example. He's very friendly with all the players, whatever, but you don't see too many players uh, back talking or whatever else because there is that mutual respect and there. And Michelle has played like, the game, Ender. See, this is the huge thing as well. You, you, you asked Diane there a second ago, it'd be great to get someone like her involved in wrestling. Like, that's never going to happen because, again, for me, the appeal to become a referee just isn't there. Whereas if there was more 
expenses involved or whatever way you want to put it, it might become uh, more appealing. But Michelle's a prime example. Again, I've, I've coached her with Smeet Lockford. She's the only player that's played the game. and She's, she's unfortunately still playing and played against us in the county final this year. I was asking her to come in yeah. to play for the county because she can still I, do it. I did when I rang her task <laughs> when she came in on Sunday. I said, do half an hour's rest, half an hour as a player. But she was having none of it. But uh, but look, that's a very valid point. If you if if you're used to a certain standard of rest within your county, and then you go outside it, you are caught wanting. And look at again, it's, it's the same across the board. Like a great pl- cliche in Ireland is if a ref ha- has a bad game, the supporters will ever say, "Asher, he was bad for both teams." Like that's fair enough, but it's still a crazy stash. You know what I mean? If you've seen it in soccer or rugby or any other sport, it's laughable. But I suppose it is. It is where we're at. Do you dare swear your consistency comes into it? Because I was at um, yeah. the Ulster Intermediate Final and um, Mullahorn and Nevena. Just the tackling, and it w- was nothing, you know, illegal tackling. It was just Nevena were bigger, they were more powerful. They knew how to do it, and it was something that Mullahorn just weren't used to. Yeah, but sure. Look, I suppose going back to mid nineties when our man Tyrone in the men's game. Um, this new hard hitting style, you know, they really did change things. But this is look, this is one good one good thing with the rules coming into the men's game is getting rid of the black card and introducing the sin bin because I think every ref's take on the black oh. card was completely di- completely different. And I found going to watch games over the last six months, I think I might have seen one black card in maybe three three four months because refs were actually afraid to use it because they themselves didn't know the right occasion to use it or not. So at least with the yellow card, it's a sin bin. It's ten minutes, but at least you know if you give it, you're not. It's, it's not the end of the world as such. But I do think if it's if it's coming down from Crow Park, whatever, there needs to be something done with with, with the standard arrest and then the rules. Yeah. The rules they need to be black and white. And the other thing I suppose that you have to look at is just you know, I suppose the old Irish, you know, who you know, like there's somebody probably on a referees fixtures committee who knows someone who likes someone who gives them the big games or gives them the final or who doesn't give them that final so I suppose that's the that's one of the uh, the old uh, aspects of what could be sometimes uh, answerable to some of these things I have a quick question for you Enda have you any double headers planned like do you have any uh, relationship then with the men's county board would you have any double headers with uh, the Longford men I didn't see what? your league fixtures yet yeah, no, we're actually hoping myself and so Mary Lillis is extra working with her last few weeks. She's uh, she's staying on. So we plan to go down to meet uh, Peter Riley of, of the Longford Men's uh, Board next week and try to get that again. Look, I don't care if you're a 14 year old or a 34 year old to play in your in your county grounds and looking to play before a, a men's a men's league fixture would be huge. Look, and again, for me. It's all about getting a positivity within the county about the ladies set up and by getting them involved with on on a men's fixture or playing alongside the men's, it's only going to promote the game. Um, I do know I'd like to Mayo last year obviously had two or three big games in McHale Park and I think they're in Crow Park this year with Dublin. Like things like that, it, it's it's only good for the ladies' game and it's only getting the ladies' game uh, on a par with the men, you know. And um, what are your what are your thoughts on training them then on Astro? Because you know, like this year, there's probably you could nearly say most clubs or counties struggle for about a month or five weeks because of the weather. Like, you know, will you train the girls on Astro, or have you got a program? Um, yeah. yeah, well, we've actually we've we've got Keena now, which is great because I think Keenan's pretty much playable all year round yeah, to a certain is. extent. Um, but you get Kilo and with your history there, would you not have Kilo? 
Oh, Jesus, I, I, I don't think I've done well enough in Cologne now to get the grounds for the county set up, but look, I'm sure if I'm stuck, uh, I know they're brilliant in Cologne, I'm sure if I'm stuck, they'd be glad to. But look, that's the other side of things as well. If we can get a buzz going, uh, with Longford being such a small county, I, I, I hope that maybe this time next year it'll be a case that clubs will be, will be more than happy and willing to give up to give up your ground. But look, at it, that's, that, for me, that's the one. We spoke earlier about the, the differences with, with the ladies and men's. The one massive issue for me is is obviously because it's not part of the GAA. It's just hard for ladies' teams. I do know Westmead County struggled for the last few years to get grounds. Like I, I do know Niall Williams, um, he'd be a good, good friend of mine. He was over the ladies' team. But I know there was just there was evenings there, maybe an hour or two before training. That he was sending a text out to the girls, let them know where they were training that evening. That's one thing for me. Like, I don't know if it's going to happen in the near future, but just the better is that equal power that the girls can use them in. That was the one great thing. When I, when I was with Kilo, to be fair, the ladies and, and lads both had 50, 50% use of, of the main pitch and facilities down there. But I do know that's not the case in a lot of rural clubs and even bigger clubs. And it would be something that, if, if it could be changed, it'd be brilliant. Um, so we'll come back to the uh, AstroTurf from that. Look, at again, I'd be a big fan of, of watching uh, documentaries and that. And just from watching the NFL uh, documentaries and the injuries and that type of stuff from those 3G pitches and that, um, I wouldn't be a fan of them whatsoever. Again, being in Ireland, the weather is very much unpredictable. It's a case of if it's needed and you can get your hands on one, I don't think there's actually any in Longford. Um, no. But um, look at it again, hopefully hopefully we won't have uh, a January or February like we did last year and, and hopefully it won't be an issue. Well, and if it doesn't clash with our Gaelic for mothers and others and if the weather is grand, I'm sure, you know, the nice people in Granard, because I remember last year we, we'd camogie matches and it was lovely to see the ground being used because I think someone said to me, you know, especially for a county game, you know, it, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful occasion to have your ground being used. So that's the thing about it is and it's, get, and it's getting the women's game out there. Schools football. When Longford were in the nineteen late nineteen nineties, when Longford were starting to come good, it was because of the school and um, in particular Knockwara were doing well. The last couple of years, Ballymahan, unfortunately, some of the better players ended up being from Milltown. But you know, you've girls there like that are playing for Ballymahan, and now Knockwara themselves now are, are are back doing well in ladies football. I suppose for a county like Longford. Schools football has to be strong enough as well if you want to do well at Intercounty. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, again, going back to Mick Flynn, uh, he he actually only found out recently he was over a cabin with four teams. Yeah. When that was like, geez, like Mick, Jesus, Mick has been has been there for years and he's doing serious work. So it's brilliant to see him. Like I remember when I was in uh, first year in Granard, he won in All Ireland with 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 the convent ladies. Uh, again, Ballymatton, we we will have seven or eight girls in from that Ballymatton team this year. But by God, there's some serious talent there. Even uh, of the Carrick Edmund won the senior championship in Longford yeah. uh, this year. The four or five girls from that, the two Lohans from Young Grattans, uh, Derby Rooney from Kilota. There's, there's a serious talent. Now, I do know they're actually meant to play at Lohan, um senior team there at Lohan, sorry, at Lohan IT senior team last week. So obviously, they, they, they have uh, the structure in place, they have the hunger to go on and drive on this year. They're not afraid of playing teams a little bit older and a little bit more physical but uh, they're definitely a team to watch out this year but look I suppose even Canuck were lads there a few years ago when they won the All-Ireland um, there was five or six of those guys that were playing for Money Octa on Sunday in the Leinster yeah. final so you know it, it does go hand in hand and look at again the, the, the age profile along for ladies at the minute is fantastic if we can just get things right at senior level and um, 
for those birds to be coming into, you know, it, it definitely is, is it's an exciting uh, project. Guys, the three of us, we live, breathe Gaelic football um, and I kind of still keep kind of different sports and Diane is the same. Diane mentioned the golf with you. Anything else? Is there anything that, you know, and I'll put it in inverted commas, that Enda Sheridan likes to watch while he relaxes? <laughs> I would ra- watch anything with a ball with the exception of cricket. Not a fan of cricket. Don't like it. My housemate, uh, McReynolds is actually a selector of my old ladies with Peter Leahy uh, is a big fan of uh, cricket and has notions of being a cricket player but um, yeah look at sport 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 I live for sport whatever sport is on like I said when I was that minor minor girls game there uh, last week and look at it might as well have been a learning final for me I would watch sport all day long again like I mentioned going down to watch Kevin McStay and Rest Common train I, I, I'd watch and live, live for sport all day long. Look, the same as the Anne and same as yourself. I know you, 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 lo- you love watching the soccer on town and Celtic, etc. Um, look, it's, it's a drug. It's a passion. Uh, I don't smoke. You know, I take back all alcohol. For me, sport is my drug. And look, please God, I'll be, I'll be like that till the day I die. Exactly. You know, and it, it takes over your life. Diane, you know, Enda said it before about, about learning and I think Mickey Hart said it before, you know, we always learn. Is there something that you learned in the last couple of years that you wish you'd done different or something maybe that in the last couple of years since you left that, you know, you could say to Enda, well, do you know what, you know, someone told me this, a wise man or a wise woman said this to me, any piece of advice that you could give? Because Mr. Sheridan has got, he seems to be this guy that kind of is a sponge that keeps on absorbing everything. Um, well, I suppose I was told when I was in Meath by a very wise man, he'd be a good friend, um, Tom Wallen, Dunboyne there. Tom always said to me, every day is a school day. And I've kept that with me for the last four or five years because it really is. And I think one of the, the big mistakes that I made, and, you know, Enda said earlier on in the conversation that you can never, um, you know, if, if, if there's not a, a good impression made the first time uh, that, you, that it can't be taken back. And I think that's the mistake that I would have made, you know, with some players, that they may have made, I'd say, maybe a not-so-good impression, maybe in their earlier games. And I think that stuck with me. Whereas they continued to develop and get better. I think, you know, a flaw in my own, you know, in my own development, I suppose, going back those years in Longford, is I suppose that, you know, that I didn't see them breaking through those, that kind of bad first impression. You know, whereas they improved the whole time, I still have misjudged the player and our players and didn't give them probably the best chance that I should have. And I think that's something that I've I've changed, obviously, since Longford and having learned that it's not about me saying, oh, I'm going to develop this player. It's about, you know, the impression that I get from the player that they, they're not interested or um, they're just not putting the work in outside training or they just don't really care. You know, that's an impression. That's actually not the reality. And I think I learned that I made mistakes through judging players on that, whereas that kind of stood in the way for me to see their true abilities as a footballer, if you get me. It, you know, I it just stayed, the wrong thing stayed with me, whereas it kind of clouded my judgment on them in terms of their abilities and what they could actually have done better for the team if I'd given them the chance. So I think it was a learning point for me, like, in my development. And I think, Andy, you're the type of person that if, if someone, as my mother always says, constructive criticism, and that's exactly it. And it's not how you say it. It's, it's not what you say. It's the way that you say it. I suppose for yourself, um, you're learning. And if someone was able to give you some advice, you know, it might, you mightn't want to hear it at that at time. But if someone gave you some advice, you'd appreciate it. Oh, 
hundred I suppose going back to my golf game, um, you're you're never you're never fully there. You're always learning. You're always trying to improve. But look, I suppose one massive learning curve for me was one of the first finals uh, I got into as a manager was with St. Lomans. Um, and the week, sorry, the 10 days before the final, we actually we had two challenge games. Like, we were brilliant. We were buzzing, great buzz around the camp. But we came, we came out when we played Milltown in the final, and I think we got back close to 20 points. And that was the year Milltown went on to actually win all Ireland. So, again, that straight away, that was something as soon as the final whistle went, I knew that was a bad call to play those two challenge games. Again, uh, and again, it's all about being having that self-control. It was a great mood in the camp. The girls were mad for football or whatever else. Where obviously, now I'd know, right, girls, put that head of training, just concentrate in training. I'd, I'd be raring to go for a county final. But look, I, I'm under no illusions. And it's great to have like the Peter Leahy and that there to be to be feeding off and bouncing ideas off. But look, I'm sure, please God, uh, if I'm in this coaching game for, for another 30, 40 years, that when I do hang up my whistle, so to speak, you know, I'll still be learning. And um, but look, even compared to last, I would find I, uh, you know, I've picked up a few things and a little, a little bit better here. But the whole thing is, and again, going back to Peter, one thing Peter will always say is you have to be able to take criticism. And again, you know, he he would have taken a little bit of criticism. Uh, we went down, went, went down on me all this year. But again, he took it and he, he's after implementing it into teams uh, with me all panel this year. And it, look, again, girls are only going to feed off that. Other management members are only going to feed off that. And it's just going to make for a better setup overall. Well, please, God, I'm kind of really looking forward now to next year. And listen, it was absolutely great having you on the show and Diane as well. You know, I'm nowhere trying to be biased with having the Longford connection. But it was nice. To, it's nice to give, you know, counties like Longford the exposure. And then Diane came in. That was her first managerial job. And she just transformed football in Longford. So it was great to get both of your point of views. Now, next weekend, we'll have Diane back and we'll have Nadine Doherty as well. It's going to be our final podcast of the season. Um, once again, thank you so much, Enda, for coming on the show this week. This week, And as I said, um, wish you and Longford ladies the very best for the year ahead. Good luck, Ender. Thanks for guys, and thanks for having me, Denise. So until next week, guys, slán go fall. Check out gemevents.ie, candy carts, chocolate fountains, selfie mirrors. we got all your party needs covered at gemevents.ie, healthandfitnessireland.net. We put you back in control of your health, fitness, nutritional and well-being needs through education, advice and motivation. Check out healthandfitnessireland.net. Looking to dance the night away? Check out thelols.ie, the perfect sound for your next wedding, party or function. Great set lists, lively and sure crowd pleasers, thelols.ie.